Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. But anyway, if your New Year's resolution was to take notes in church, you're in for a treat this morning uh, because my message has a title, which is, uh, this is that's my New Year's resolution. So, um, and the title of this morning's message is Save or Spend. It's kind of timely given it's, you know, that New Year's resolution time where we make, um, you know, all those promises we're never going to keep, like I'm going to spend less and, and eat more. I mean, eat less and spend more. I mean, no, do both less, whatever it might be. But we're naturally at that time of year. I don't really make New Year's resolutions. I'm like, if you need to make a change in your life at any time of the year, just make a change. Go to the gym, start budgeting, whatever it is. You don't have to wait until the calendar rolls over. Just make a start, take control. But uh, save or spend. And Proverbs 11.24 says this. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly and comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. And whoever refreshes others, them themselves, will in turn be refreshed. This is a great biblical principle that is themed throughout the entire Bible. The idea of sowing and reaping. Adam and Eve were sowing into the garden and God gave them a command to be fruitful, to go, go forth and increase and multiply. And all through the Bible, we see this principle of sowing, this principle of generosity. Jesus Christ was sown into the earth, and what the harvest was from Jesus Christ was eternal salvation for all of humanity. And Proverbs reminds us that the Christian life is one to be spent, not saved. We are saved, yes, from our sinfulness. I'm not talking about that kind of saved, like redemption. I'm talking about we are, our life is to be used, to be spent for the glorification of Jesus Christ. Our life is not to be saved for our own fleshly desires or worldly pleasures. And remember, Jesus Christ made it very clear when he spoke to his disciples about not worrying. He said, I know everything you need and I've got your back. Just spend your life serving me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing shall be added unto you. In fact, he says it is the the pagans who run after such things. So if if the desire of our heart and the pursuit of our life is of worldly and earthly riches and um, assets, Jesus is lumping us in with the pagans. He says that's the way the people of the world live. Their pursuit is things of this world. He's saying, I know you need these things and I will supply these things to you as you choose to spend your life glorifying Jesus Christ, building, seeking first my kingdom. So the message today is to save or to spend. Are we going to save our life or are we going to spend our life? And if we're going to spend our life, what are we choosing to spend our life on? If I took you to the bank and withdrew $80 in $1 coins, which would be painfully inconvenient, 
and I gave you one for every year of your life. I've spent $36 of my 80. I've got like, you know, I might live to 90. I don't desire to live forever by any stretch of the imagination. I know the next life is going to be far better than the current one. However, I do not want it cut short. (laughs) I've spent 36 of my dollars. I'm not getting them back. And we've got to take stock of the days and the time and the energy we have. And I think going into a new year is always a great season to do this and to take, assess our own lives. What is the, what is the sum total of our life? When we, when we water it all down, where is our time and our energy being spent and on whom is it being spent? And is there an eternal payback for what we are spending and investing ourselves on or will what we've spent and invested our lives on stay on this earth when we are called into heaven with Jesus Christ. Now, if you're here and you're not a Christian, I hope this message encourages you and opens your eyes to realize you're called to a far bigger and greater life than just living and dying on this earth. You're called to live a life that glorifies Jesus Christ, that is full of excitement, full of faith, and full of impossibilities. And if you're here and you're a Christian, I hope this message encourages you to assess the way in which you're using the life God has given you. Because we would be foolish to think that we'll not be held account for the way we used our lives. It's in the Bible. It's very, very clear. And ignorance is not bliss when it comes to your eternal life, when it comes to what happens when you die. We must be wise stewards of what God has given us that we would lay up for ourselves what treasures in heaven where moth and mold do not destroy and the thief does not break in and steal. That we might, I want to pastor you and lead you in a life that when you get to heaven, you're glad you used your life in such a way because there is an eternal inheritance for you, treasures laid up in store. So, uh, and this came pretty real for me just the other week. I got really sick uh, coming home from Samoa and it all kind of climaxed on Christmas Day, which was just, you know, awesome. And a few, the next week, I was, I was going to the doctor to visit Cheryl. The best thing about going to the doctor is being met by Cheryl's smile and thinking, whew, I might just survive. In Jesus' name, I'm going to make it through, even on the worst days. Welcome to the, like, you can make going to the doctor such a positive experience. It's wonderful. It just blesses so many people. For my multiple blood tests, I was driving there and I was, exhausted. I was maybe like had three good hours a day and the rest of it was useless and I was I was sleeping and Sarah was telling me, get up and stop being lazy. <laughs> and uh <laughs> but anyway I was driving down the lakefront and I really felt the Holy Spirit say to me and it was right on New Year's um he's like Mark if this was if this was it for the rest of your life, if this was where your energy level was set, how would you use it? And when you're back to full energy, how are you going to use it? Like how you like we waste so much energy and 
and, and Paul talks about this in the Bible, in stupid quarrels, in menial nonsense. We use up so much of our internal hard drive with worry and concern and fear and doubt. He said to me, Mark, if all you had was three good hours a day, how would you choose it and what would be of most importance? Where would you spend the energy you have if all of a sudden it was limited to, you know, if it was made that valuable and it would be in my family and it would be building the kingdom of God. It would be telling people about Jesus Christ. That's what I decided in my short trip along the lakefront that if I had three hours, I'd sow it into my family and sow it into my into Jesus Christ. So the so then the arrest was, well, what are you going to do when you are back to 100%? How are you going to choose to spend your time? And it's often that we it's often we see most clearly in adversity. It's often things, you know, the the chain of importance gets pretty real when times get tough. Like when you got no money, it gets really important what you buy at the shop, like milk and bread put something on the table for the children when we got plenty we seem to just will buy whatever whenever but it's in times of adversity in relationships and business and finance in our health where it really comes to the front what is of most importance for us and for the believer for us as professing Christians what it should be of most importance is the glorification of Jesus Christ. And if that's what should be most important in our weakness, it should also be of most importance in our strength. When times are tough and when times are good, it should be the same. And sometimes we need something in our lives to happen to bring us clear vision, to bring it back into a correct order of what is important in our lives. We're going to read from Luke 9. Uh, a little bit, says this is a great piece of scripture where Jesus is discussing with his disciples, and this is in more than just the gospel of Luke, it says this, once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who did the crowds say that I am? This is Luke 9, 18. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that you are one of the prophets of long ago who has come back to life. So he said, who do the crowd say I am? What's, what's the public opinion of me? Get on Facebook, get on Instagram, Google, who do people say Jesus is? Who, who are people saying I am? And the feedback was, some say you're a prophet, some say, you know, you're John the Baptist, some say um, you're Elijah, some say you're, you're a guy that's risen back from the dead. And then he turns it right around and he says this, but what about you? Who do you say I am? And I picture myself in this scenario, Jesus with his 12 disciples, young men, full of competition, full of testosterone. Most of them would have been in their early 20s, fired up to live and die for a cause. I know this, none of them would have wanted to be wrong. Jesus asked them, who do people say I am? Well, there's no, no really wrong answer for that because that's what's what everyone else is saying, so it's someone else's wrong answer anyway. And then he turns the question on his disciples, who do you say I am? 
Who do you think I am? Who am I to you? And Peter answered, you're God's Messiah. In other Gospels, it says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus goes on to say, blessed are you, Simon, Peter, for this was not revealed to you by humans, by intelligence, by apologetics, by theology. This was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. And on this rock I shall build my church. On the revelation, on the Spirit-breathed, God-given revelation of who Jesus Christ is, He said, I will build my church. Not on a good idea, not on a good model, not on a good structure, but on the revelation, on a person's revelation of who Jesus Christ is, He said He would build His church. So I want to ask you this morning, morning, who do you say Jesus is? Who is Jesus Christ to you this morning? Because the light in which you hold Jesus, the view in which you hold Jesus Christ will either enable you or disable you from service to him. If Jesus was nothing but a good man who lived and died, he is not worthy of your life. If Jesus Christ was a prophet, he is not worthy of your life. If Jesus Christ was even John the Baptist risen from the dead, he is not worthy of your life. But because Jesus Christ is the Son of God who was given from heaven into earth, who died and rose again victorious on the third day and ascended back into heaven, he and he alone is worthy of your life. He and he alone is worthy for you to spend your life on. And if you're spending your life on something other than Jesus Christ, you are doing yourself a simple disservice. That does not mean you need to quit your job and go into ministry. That does not mean you need to start pastoring. It is not about a position or a role. It's about living in the revelation of who Jesus Christ is, living in the bigness of who Jesus Christ is. For when we see, when we behold the greatness of Jesus Christ, we realize He is the very best place to invest our lives. Our talent, our resource, our time, our energy is best and safest invested in Jesus Christ. For He said, when you invest in me, when you give your life unto me. You store up for yourself treasures in the next life. You store up for yourself in a place where moth and mold cannot get, where a thief cannot steal, where things cannot decay. You're storing up for yourself true riches in heaven. This is God's will for your life, that you would spend it glorifying His Son, Jesus Christ. So Peter has this revelation. I picture it as a cartoon, like he's going around the guys, who do you say I am? He's like, wrong, wrong, wrong. I went to Bible college with a lecture, and every that is exactly what I did. What's the answer? Wrong, wrong, wrong. And he gets to Peter, and like Peter has one of those little light bulbs, like ding, Go off above us and his eyes, in an instant, his eyes are open to see who Jesus Christ is. And in an instant, his entire perspective has changed. His entire view of Jesus Christ is saved. He's no longer rabbi. He's no longer teacher. He's no longer good man. He's no longer son of Joseph. He's no longer king of the Jews. He's no longer Jesus of Nazareth. He is Christ the Messiah. He is God with us. He is Emmanuel. And in that moment, Everything changes and he realizes the scope, the depth, the breadth, 
the height of the person who is standing before him. He is Jesus the Christ, the one who has no beginning and has no end. Before him stands the Alpha and the Omega. Before him stands the one who without him nothing would have been created and who without him nothing would stay together as creation. Before Peter is no longer a man, is no longer just Jesus Christ. It is the Messiah. It is Emmanuel. It is God with us. And in this moment, he is rendered useless apart from service unto Jesus. His identity is fulfillment. His passion, his time, and his energy is spent seeing the name of Jesus Christ lifted up. For Peter, it was to build the church, but for you, what is it to build? In your business, in your education, in your, you know, realm of influence, your position there that Jesus Christ may be glorified, that your life may be spent elevating the name of Jesus Christ. And he went on to say, then he said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. It's always a choice. This is not religious obligation. This is beginning to walk in the freedom of who Jesus Christ has called you to be. He goes on to say, For whoever wants to save their life, they will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, that person will save it. Now, this isn't talking about someone who's like, I've lost my life like I've lost the car keys. I don't know where I put my life. I've, I've lost it. Maybe it's down behind the back of the couch. Maybe it's, you know, in the top drawer in the kitchen where every useless piece of equipment lives. Maybe it's the kids. Have, he says, no, no, whoever loses their life intentionally, whoever loses their life for me, Jesus says, they will save it. Whoever chooses to spend their life for the will of God, for the call of God, for the for the purpose that God has them here on earth, they will save their life. Even though it is spent, it is saved. Even though it is given away, it is returned. Even though it is used up, it comes back increased because the life that gives is the life that grows. The life that gives is the life that grows. The one who is generous shall be increased. One gives generously, yet gains ever more. One withholds unduly and comes to ruin. God's will for your life, like I said, is not that you go on the mission field or plant a church. His goal for your life, His plan for your life, is that wherever you are, your light would shine. That wherever you are, whether it's in a cafe, whether it's in the forestry industry, whether it's in a mother's playgroup at a play center, whether it's in the council, that your light would shine and bring other people into the kingdom, that it would bless other people, that no one brings a light into a room and hides it under a bowl. They bring a light into a room so that the whole room may benefit. That your position where you are in life, that other people would benefit because of what you carry in you. Because of the, the reservoir, the light of Jesus Christ that is in you. He has positioned you where you are in life, that your light may shine. And the other people, the whole room, would benefit. In the light of who we see Jesus Christ to be. That makes the required actions seem either rational or insane. 
who we hold Jesus Christ to be makes following him either seem insane or totally rational. When we see him as the Lion of Judah, as we see him as Jehovah Jireh, as we see him as the Alpha and the Omega, the impossibilities become possible, the irrational becomes rational, the insane becomes normal. As we start to walk and step with the revelation of Jesus Christ, as we start to spend our lives to see Jesus Christ lifted up, as we start to share the good news, as we start to use our lives, start to spend our lives, not trying to save them, but spend them, that we would lay up for ourselves great treasures in heaven. A few years ago, Sarah and I sold everything we owned to go overseas and go to Bible college. I had this revelation from Jesus to go all in for the gospel. And so we sold everything and left. My prop, that was my proper response to obey him. And to many people, it seemed insane, crazy. Why would you sell your stuff? Why wouldn't you rent your house? Why wouldn't you store your things? And in my reflection is I'll do it again tomorrow. Because there's no better life than a life sold out for Jesus. My heart for you as your pastor is that you would not walk through your Christian life with a yes, no, maybe so attitude. My heart for you is that you'd live a life that's in with both feet for Jesus and live in the fullness of the life that he has for you. Not in an arm wrestle, but in full surrender, fully spent for Jesus. For whoever loses his life for my sake, they will truly find it. They will truly find their calling. They will truly find their identity. They will truly find their why. And every single person on the face of the earth is asking the same question. Why am I here? Jesus. He is why you're here. Let's pray this morning, church. I thank you, Lord, for your glorious church. I thank you for your word that is a light into our path, that it is bread for our souls. It is water to a thirsty spirit. That is a steadfast rock to build our lives upon. It is living and it is active, sharper than any double-edged sword. That your word is Jesus Christ himself. In the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.